0: amen. Uh, Hey, Jack Hemingway, can you raise your hand? All right, so that's Jack. He moved to Wilmington maybe two months ago. He's an intern at the hospital in the chaplaincy program, and he's been at Duke University. And so either people are going to cheer for that, Jack, or have to forgive you for that one way or the other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But Jack is blind, and so it's always a little awkward because uh, you can see everybody else, but you don't know if he can see you. But, you know, I'm just mentioning it to him. You can go up and say hello to him, and uh, he'll be happy to meet you. Um, and he's been here at Iron Leadership in um, Christ Community Church. So, Jack, welcome. Welcome everybody here that's new. Uh, Luke chapter 11. Love these verses on leadership. So let's read, read these together. Uh, chap- I'm sorry, Luke 5. 1 through 11, on one occasion, this is the occasion for leadership for Peter, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake, or the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen, this is Peter, James, and John, had gone out and were fishing, and had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Peter, Put out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats that began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. And Jesus said to Peter, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. So we're going to be in this passage this week and next week. And I'm going to make four points, two today and two, uh, in two weeks. And I love this passage because it teaches about leadership. And it does it in more than these ways. But the ways I'm going to focus on it is the kind of leader Jesus is looking for. So it just teaches you, hey, Jesus is looking for leaders. This is the whole point of this, these 11 verses, which is fascinating to me that Luke is taking a look at this passage or this event from this angle. Think about what's happening here. Jesus is teaching. And you would think if you were Luke, you would be saying, well, whatever Jesus says, that's what I'm going to write down because that's the most important thing that's happening. But you notice, he doesn't write down what Jesus is talking about. It's like he has got he turns his lens of his camera and focuses on, in on something that's behind the scenes. So today, we're not thinking about what Jesus has said. We're, th- we're thinking about what Jesus is testing Peter to do. The whole point of the passage, the focus is on Peter. So Jesus is about ready to launch his ministry, like launching his boat, And he's looking for people to get on this boat with him who are going to be leaders to move this thing called the church forward. And he's giving Peter a little test here, seeing if he can pass these tests. And there's four little tests. And so we, we want to ask ourselves... Hey, how are we responding to Jesus? Are we passing these tests ourselves? But the other thing that we can learn is a lot of us are in leadership positions. And are we putting people through these kinds of tests to see if they can perform? Can we give them some kind of leadership or can we grow them in their leadership abilities? That makes sense. So we're looking at it from two ways. One, just are we going to be a good leader, a good follower of Jesus? And then if I'm leading a family or Or I'm leading a business or I'm leading in a church, any of those places, am I providing these same kinds of tests to see the the leadership capacity or to grow the leadership capacity of somebody that's underneath me? So that's what we're talking about. The four tests are action, obedience, humility, and sacrifice. So you'll see that on that little half sheet. The two that we're going to talk about this morning are action and obedience. And by the way, the questions are on the back of that piece of paper. They were, it was too long to try to do it uh, up on the screen. So when you get in a group, somebody's going to need that uh, little half sheet to think about these. So if I'm hiring staff, which I am right now for Christ Community Church, I'm, I'm intentionally looking at these things. Does this person lean in towards action? Are they action oriented? Uh, one one guy I heard talk about this passage, he says, do they have a bias towards action? Or do they have a bias towards passivity or waiting? Now look, doesn't mean that person can't be helpful to your organization, but when you're going to put somebody in a leadership position, when you're, when you're saying, hey, I need somebody at the core in the boat with me that's rowing, I've got to have somebody who has a bias towards action. They're m- moving forward, they're leaning forward and do they take directions well are they obedient when things get said and say hey we got to go this way do they say do they take action and then they do they go the direction you're asking them to go or do they sit around and question it or do they not do it or they row in a different direction or they want to ask you a bunch of questions no i need somebody who's got a bias towards action and ready to row in this particular direction. That's the kinds of people Jesus is looking for. It's the kinds of people I'm looking for. And especially if you're in your 20s and 30s, it's the kind of person a boss is looking for. So you want to think about it from all those different angles. So action. Jesus is teaching beside the Sea of Galilee. He's in a little town called Capernaum. It's a fishing village. It's the home of Peter, James, and John, as we talked about. And on this particular occasion, he's teaching, and the longer he teaches, more people are coming. Now, this has never happened to me yet at Christ Community Church, that the longer I teach, more people come. It tends to be the opposite. If I teach really long, less people are around. But Jesus is having the opposite effect, and he's getting kind of pushed in towards the lake, and he keeps backing up, and there's no other place to go. His feet are starting to get wet. And so uninvited and sort of unannounced, he looks around and he hops in Peter's boat. And Peter, James, and John, and probably some other people, are they're, they're, they're cleaning out their nets. And so Jesus says, hey, Peter, I, I, I have a problem. I have a logistics problem. I need you to help me out with my logistics problem. See, it's just a simple little test. Can you stop what you're doing? And can you make... My problem, your problem. Can you stop what you're doing, get in the boat, and you need to row out, I don't know, 10 yards. And then you just steady the boat, and you got to sit there until my sermon's done. Can, Can you do that? So I've got this logistics problem. I need to finish my sermon. And what Peter doesn't realize right now is that Jesus isn't just teaching people, he's, he's, testing, he's testing Peter. Peter, I have a challenge before me. Will you drop everything right now and respond to me? That's the test. Uh, now, Jesus could have rowed himself out, right? He's capable. He Could have just gotten the boat and said, Peter, shove me off and I'll row myself out. That's possible. But Jesus is doing more than one thing at a time. He's saying, hey, I've got a logistics problem, and I can get somebody to come with me, and I can find out something about them in this process. And see, men, if you're in a position where you're leading people, you've got to be looking around for these moments to say, hey, I could get this done myself. But I I should bring somebody in just so they can watch me how I do it. I can watch them and see how they respond to this little thing. And so Jesus is doing that, showing us how to be a good leader, how to build a good team. He's going to launch a church. He needs somebody who's going to help him do this. So Jesus takes this opportunity to to give uh, Peter this little problem, to share it with him. Notice it's not a glamorous assignment, right? Can you just row out? Sit behind me while I tell people about me. That's really the role of every follower of Christ, right? Can you sit behind me while I do the work? Or do you need to be up front? See, it's a little, it's just a little test. What how's Peter going to respond? Simple request, simple assignment. But this little simple assignment, I think, is like a hinge on a great door. Now, we don't know. But it's very possible if Peter would have said, you know, Jesus, I'm tired, bud. I've been out all night, unlike you who got to sleep. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I haven't caught any fish. Hey, why don't you cut your sermon short? I mean, you know, think about all the things that Peter could have said. And I, th- I think this is a little, hinge, a little hinge on a big door. And if Peter would have said, I just can't, I can't, I can't stop what I'm doing, I think the door of, my, of leadership might have closed on Peter. Now, we don't know. But you've been in that situation where somebody's responded to you, or responded to you with a little thing that's stuck in your mind. And it's either open the door or close the door. Something happened and you asked somebody something or you were in a tense situation and you noticed what was a relatively small thing. And the person was the person saying, I'm leaning forward. I'm ready to help. I'm going to jump in. And you were like, I'm going to remember that. Because I'm going to get into other problems and I'm going to need somebody to help me. And when I come back to the the group and that person's responding, I'm going to choose that person to help me first. You've probably been that person chosen by somebody because you've leaned forward. So it's a little hinge on a great big door that opens for feeder. But of course, at this moment, he doesn't know it. That's the thing. You don't know, especially if you're a younger leader, you don't know the, the hinge. You don't know the little thing that you're doing at the moment is going to open a great big door, but that happens for Peter, and he has a, he has a bias towards action. He, he stops what he's doing. He jumps in the boat. He, he waits on Jesus to finish his sermon. He passes the first test. So my question for us in, 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 in our group today is going to come out in three different ways. For, just for you, do you lean forward? When you see a problem, do you think, how can I jump in somehow and offer a solution, be the solution, give aid to whatever it is? Do I lean forward? Or do I sort of, I'm sort of a passive wait, let's see what other people do first kind of person? I don't want to paint these as like good versus evil. But what I am trying to say is for the kingdom of God to move forward, it's got to have some people who have a bias towards action. I see some issue. In my family, in my church, in my business, and I'm going to lean in. I'm going to say, hey, i got to put myself in between something. I've got to jump into a problem. And especially if you're a younger person, this is what people, your, your future boss, that's what they're looking for. We're looking for somebody right now to be a full-time pastor at Christ Community Church. And a guy who I have talked to a couple of times and I have some interest in, he texted me one day and said, how many hours is it a week? (laughs) I am screaming at my phone. But do you see, that's a little hinge that might close a door. And see, if you're 20, if you're 22, if you're 25, you might say something that stupid. And I'm trying to help you from not saying something that stupid. Because that little hinge is going to close the door. Now, look, we're not, working, we're not trying to work people 80 hours a week. But if you, especially you want to sign up for a ministry job, I don't know how many hours it is. It's every hour of every day is what it feels like. But see, you see what, see these little things that you say or you do make a big difference. And my question are, are you a lean in type person? That's first question. Second question to you as a leader or if you're a father. Instead of doing things to your, by yourself, do you look around and see, who can I get to come with me? Can I get my son or daughter to join with me on this project? Can I get somebody else in my team to join with me? And I can watch them. They can watch me. Or do you just go, you know, it's, it's too tiring to get somebody to do that. I'm just going to do it myself. And there are times you've got to just make something happen. But if you want to develop the next generation of leaders, if you want to be a leader of leaders, you've got to go and find these opportunities and give some chances, some risk for other people. Now, look, Jesus isn't taking a huge risk here. He's just finding out if Peter is willing to lean forward, willing to be obedient. Because he's going to ask Peter to do something a lot harder as time goes by. And then if you're 20 to to 30, I'm saying future leaders, are you aware that your small actions towards problems might be a hinge that opens or closes a future leadership door? Okay, so that's my first point. I will show this video. love this little video from Jurassic World about leaning forward and, and putting yourself in a difficult spot. Turn that volume up. Oh, no! Hold, you. hold no your fire! Hold your fire, do not fire! Put 12 amps in these animals, they're never going to trust me again. Lou, stand down stand down. Hey, hey! What did I just say? Delta, up. I see you. Back up. Okay. Good. Good. Darling. Stay right there. Good. Close the gate. Are you crazy? Hey, just trust me. Close the gate! I love that. I love that. This is you today maybe, right? It's going to happen to somebody in this room. Everything's fine. One thing happens and somebody has to act. Somebody has to act. And my question, is that you? I mean, you might be significant risk. I mean, Chris Pratt could have been movie over. He gets eaten. Mm -hmm. Right? But he pushes the button and he says, I'm going to insert myself. I'm, I have a bias towards action. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out right at this moment. There's a real big risk, but I have that bias towards action. Jesus is looking for people like that to move the kingdom of God forward. And my question is, do you have that? Did you notice the little weenie hut guy that got saved? When he said, when Pratt said, close the gate, and the, and the the black guy was like, close the gate, like that's crazy, what did he say? Close yeah, close the gate. He's not, we're not putting the kingdom of God on that guy's shoulders, <laughs> right? But are you that way, like, oh, let's just, let's try to get away from any potent, potential problem that might cause me harm. That's not the person Jesus is looking for in leadership. So who are who are you? I could, I could go on on this one point, but I have two points today. So, the second point, very similar to it obedience. Obedience. Jesus is the master, he's the theologian, he's the teacher, he's the rabbi. And notice that he, this little test he gives advice to a professional fisherman about fishing. We don't know that Jesus has ever fished. It's just a little test. Just a little test. Put into the deep water in the middle of the day when there are no fish. And let's go for a big catch. It's not not a complex request. But it's difficult. And what's difficult about it, two things. It runs counter to what Peter thinks is best. And it comes when Peter is tired and frustrated. See, that's the test. Everything in me says, go this way. And Jesus says, no, let's go this way. Now, that's a tough test. But it gets multiplied when you're tired and frustrated, does it not? I mean, every problem gets multiplied when you're tired and frustrated. You'd be very reasonable in the morning because you're not tired or frustrated. In the evening, you're kicking the dog right? Because you're just tired and frustrated. And so at this tired, frustrated moment, Jesus is saying, I just need to know, Peter, when you're tired and frustrated and I ask you to go the opposite way, can you do it? Because this is a tiny little thing. This is this ain't going to cost you anything really to go out there, throw some nets over. Even if they come up empty, it just costs you maybe 30 minutes, an hour, but when I ask you to do something that might cost you your life when you're tired and frustrated, thats I wanna know, I wanna give you a small little test to see how you react. Caught zero fish, frustrated, what a test. And notice in verse five, we toiled all night. Now look, I don't know what the tone is. I wish you could have tone in these conversations. But it feels like Peter is saying, We the professionals, Jesus, we the ones who haven't slept all night, we've toiled all night, we've caught nothing, and it starts feeling like Peter's going to go left here and not, the door's going to close, but then these key words that have to come out of your mouth over and over and over, these are underlined words, these are prayer words, in the NIV, I love the, the, the language better, because you said so, I will. Oh, that's a great verse. Because you said so, I will. See, you, you're operating the world in a certain way, Lord, and you say it's not right for me to do these things, and because you say so, I won't do them. Or you say, it is right for me to love my enemies or forgive. And I don't feel like that. But because you said so, I will. That's a a key verse. Because Jesus said so. He needs people who are going to listen to him and say, look, that's not what I want to do right now. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I'm frustrated. But because you said so, As a man of God, I'm going to do it. Because you said so as a follower of Christ, I'm going to do it. Because you said so as a man who's gotten married under the covenant of God, I will for my wife, for my family. Because you said so. Not because I'm thinking it or I want it or I'm frustrated or I'm disappointed. No, because you said so, I will. Big, big door opens for Peter on this one little hinge. And I think this is the phrase, the life-altering phrase for Peter. Peter passes the obedience test. He passes the bias towards action test. He passes the, the bias towards obedience test. So here are my questions. Again, these are on the back side of the page. How do you react to God's direction when it runs counter to what you think is best? What about when you're tired and frustrated? Okay, if you're a leader or a fa- or a father, are you passing out this test to other people? When when it's when they're really tired and frustrated, do you offer a test to find out, "Hey, what do you do when you're tired and frustrated?" That's how you build into a leader. Find out who's really w- willing to to take directions because a lot of times when you're tired and frustrated, you don't like taking directions, you love giving directions, right? Hey, that's a dumb idea. Hey, not this way, that way. I mean, just the first thing out of your mouth, I love to, to give directions. And if you're a future leader, you're in the 20, 30s. do you follow directions well? I, I have known some super talented people and when, I think, when I'm thinking of these people, these are like the, the, the super talented people in young life that I've known that I thought, this guy got way more talent than I do, but I couldn't work with him. He can't follow directions. He's a cowboy. He's great at a lot of stuff, and he's a great like shooting star. He's going to make a mark, but he can't build a team. Because he can't follow directions. He can't be on a team. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Can you follow directions, even under difficult circumstances? One of my favorite movies, and we'll stop here and then have Q&A. And if you haven't seen it, just do yourself a favor and see it. Hunt for Red October. Anybody seen that movie? So it's such a great movie. And um, Sean Connery is a Russian uh, submarine captain. And he's trying to defect to the U.S. with this nuclear submarine. And it's called the Red October. And uh, a young, and you'll see for sure, Alec Baldwin is a guy who understands what's going on. And towards the end of the movie, the Americans, Alec Baldwin and a couple other guys, jump on this sub. And they're with a couple other Russian guys. And they're trying to escape now the Russians who are actually trying to blow up the sub before it gets into American hands. Does that make sense? In case you haven't seen the movie, it's helpful to know that. So they're underwater, and another Russian sub has fired a torpedo at the Red October. Straight into that torpedo? Yes. Doing what? It's turned right into the torpedo's path. What? Red October's turned directly into the torpedo's path, sir. Mother of God. torpedo steady bearing 315. Range, 5,000 yards. Malikin, more speed. Negative. We're already running 110%. And give me 115%. Estimate range, 3,000 yards. Closing awfully fast. He's headed right into the torpedo. What's he trying to do, killing himself? Dobson, we have a firing solution on the Russian alpha. Can we shoot back? They didn't shoot at us. I can't attack a Soviet submarine without authorization. (laughs) Torpedo bearing steady at 315. Best range, 900 yards. Torpedo impact, 20 seconds. What books? What books did you write? I wrote a biography of Admiral Halsey called The Fighting Sailor about uh, naval combat tactics. I know this book. Torpedo impact. Your conclusions were all wrong, right? <laughs> 10 seconds. Halsey acted stupidly. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, torpedo impact. Tactics, Mr. Ryan. By turning into the torpedo, the captain closed the distance before it could arm his. Such a great moment. Hey, I need you to turn in towards the torpedo. I mean, everybody on the boat, like, that's the dumbest idea. And I need you to close on it faster and faster. It's like a suicide mission, but it actually turns out the only way they can save themselves is to collect, con- connect with a torpedo before it can arm itself. And see, you, 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 me. Jesus is gonna say, I need you to turn in towards the torpedo. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's dumb. I don't wanna do that. And See, here's my question. Can you do it at that moment? See, that's the test. That's the test. When when everything could blow up, are you willing to to turn towards the torpedo? See, Jesus had to do it on the cross, did he not? Hey, it looks like it's all going to unravel, Jesus dying on the cross, but that he turns towards the torpedo, and it actually is the door that opens up salvation to everybody. So let's get into groups, maybe three, four, five. The questions are on the back, and you want to just think about them as, you know, how do you react to that? And if you're, if you're a leader, if you're a dad, how do you d- operate? If you're uh, in the 20s and 30s, how, how do you operate in that way? All right? So you got about 15 minutes. Uh, make sure everybody talks. If you don't know somebody in your group, introduce yourself. Ready? Break.